What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Flip Flop Guy podcast. I'm Andy Mokel, and I'll be your host. Our goal is to have epic conversations with people from all walks of life. There are no talking points that are off the table. It's going to get wild. We hope our guests inspire and motivate you to walk with purpose as we trudge the road of human existence. Enjoy the show. What's up, guys and girls? We are gearing up to set you up for archery season. We are happy to announce the latest giveaway we have put together to help prepare you for your hunting season. We have teamed up with some amazing brands like Kestrel Knives, who has donated a mountain caper knife. Vortex Optics is donating a new rangefinder. West Coast Archery Shop is donating a new set of broadheads. Epic Outdoors has donated a membership. Spot Hog Archery has donated a new BOA release, and Wilderness Athlete has you covered with some Hydrate and Recover, as well as Energy and Focus packets for the backcountry. Along with all that, Deadeye Outfitters is going to dial you in with some fresh clothes for when you get off of the mountain, because who doesn't love a fresh set of clothes after being in the mountains for five days? So this is how it works. Please go leave us a review on your favorite listening platform, i.e. iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, and or Google Play. We'll also have other opportunities for more entries from reposts and interaction through our Instagram account, whether it be posting the giveaway or reposting your favorite podcast episodes in your story or in your feed. So be sure to tag us so we can track your submissions. And thank you for everyone's continued support. And thank you to all the brands that have graciously donated the product. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the unofficial broadcast of the Legion OST DIY Outdoors podcast. This is Andy. I'm sitting on a hillside in A-Zone in California, <clears throat> glassing up some blacktail bucks, trying to, at least, out here yeah, with... We haven't found them yet, man. <laughs> We're trying. Out here with Kyle. Kyle crushed my ass on the, uh, on the way coming in. <laughs> Lungs are turning up butter but uh man kyle how you doing today i'm doing good man good to be out here looking for bucks right it's hot man yeah it's a warm one it's a warm one and it's 30 80 degrees probably 7 18 in the morning and it's 80 degrees that's what's up though you want that california blacktail you got to face the heat (laughs) yeah for sure right Nothing too promising so far. We've seen that doe. You spotted that doe this morning. About was at 6.30 probably? Yeah. I'm thinking uh, these deer might already be bedded down. Yeah. uh, The full moon last night definitely did us no justice whatsoever. Yeah. I think we might might catch them getting up and switching their beds here shortly. As the sun kind of transitions over the hills, they'll switch into their evening bed. Here's a deer. Um, follow this green yeah. all the way up, and you see that? You can just see the dot off oh, yeah, of that green bush. I got it. The doe, huh? I don't know. It's trotting now. Yeah. How about that? They're out there. <laughs> she looks healthy. Yeah. What's she looking backwards at? She keeps looking back at something. 
but I got out here last night on my way in what I saw, I saw five bucks off the road gorgeous bucks absolutely gorgeous bucks and then this morning coming in when you knocked on my camper shell and woke me up yeah there's a I was expecting you to be awake man fuck no dude I had to come find you yeah yeah I ran into some pigs this morning too that was pretty cool yeah now what'd you say you got 18 yards from yeah you just see uh, driving by seeing them on the side of the road uh-huh. First glance, I thought it might be a cow. I remember, there's no cows out here. And we were just talking yesterday. Should we bring Should we bring guns for pigs, just in case? Oh, yeah. And so then it's like, I don't feel like packing the extra weight. Yeah. Yeah, I got the 18 yards on. One of them was a decent boar. The other one, I uh, couldn't tell. But, uh, no sign of any bucks yet, though, man. Not this morning. They'll show up. Or they won't. What are they, the Pacific Coast Ghost? Pacific Ghost, yep. Is that what they say, Pacific Ghost? Yep. <clears throat> Blacktail hunting is super unfamiliar to me. I mean, I hunt them up in, uh, up in the Sierras. But, you know, everybody always says, East I-5 doesn't count. Yeah, I don't know if i buy that. I mean, uh, obviously, the farther east you go, I think you get some uh, some Yuli jeans in there, man. But uh, I think... Uh, some different buck genetics? Yeah. But you got to think, I mean, a lot of them deer off of uh, up in the Sierras, man, they... Uh, I, I'd be willing to bet that the majority of them migrate west out of the hills. Yeah, I'm sure you get some that so, you know, go towards Nevada, but <coughs> what's well, actually I mean just from what I've seen over the years, uh, all the mule deer head down to you know the lower lands on the on the east side. Yeah. And you know, majority of the blacktails come down the west side. Yeah, I know as you head up north towards... Because uh, it's that east-flowing water divide, the east-flow-west-flow water divide. Yeah, you got your big drainages that dump off either way. Like yeah. I said, I know as you... Uh, I don't have any experience hunting over uh, the Sierras, but uh, you head north towards sea zone, mm-hmm. big migration comes down to like the Tehama Wildlife Area and that. Yeah. Those deer are mixing with blacktails when they're in the rut. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, for sure, dude. There's they're nailing a, anything they can. Exactly, and... Uh, I mean, they drop down west, and it's, you know, they're mostly blacktails. Yeah. There's a coyote. Dude, Where, bed yeah, it yeah. down. Okay. Look. Are you bedded? Just straight down. You see the sun. Uh, there's this rocky knob that's mm-hmm. straight off the bottom. Yeah. Follow to the sun line. Follow the sun line. There's a golden patch right in the middle of that gray spot. It's a fucking dog. Oh, yep. Okay. <laughs> That'd be a cool photo. How, uh, how far of a shot is that?
398. Execute them. Yeah, let's see if I can get a picture of that. It's so funny, it's like, oh shit, picture. Yeah. He is in the wide open though, huh? That's pretty cool. Oh, duh, I could range him. <coughs> yeah. You got like 400 yards? I always forget that I can range. Four oh six, dude. Good call. <laughs> Nailing it, Kyle. What's up, buddy? Long distance shooter or what? I've been practicing a little bit. Right? California's got some wildlife, man. He's just waking up. He's still squinting his eyes. <laughs> man, it's fucking hot out here. <laughs> it's funny, we run the same head. Or not the same head, but almost. Oh, I had that the Vanguard. one. I just broke it. Did you? Yeah. Do you still have the shoe plate for it, or does that one accept the same shoe plate? Same shoe plate. Is it? Yeah. Okay. I picked this one up used. That's the only reason why I got it. I really like that one. Um, but, uh, yeah, total fucking... I was walking through the garage and had my tripod in my hand, and I fucking whacked it on the workbench and dropped it on the ground. And it broke. <laughs> uh-huh. No, I think we should have brought a gun. Right. That crosswind might be a little bit of an issue, though. Trying to shoot that thing. Nah, man. Yeah, he's getting up. Dude, with my 3378, I can whack that fucker. So, uh, you never actually killed a quote-unquote actual, uh, like, pure blacktail? No. <coughs> I killed a 4x4 four four in 2015 that was a blacktail. Yeah. It had a blacktail. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was small like a blacktail, not big like a mule deer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the question still lies, you know. Yeah, it still has the little asterisks. Yeah, you know, and, and for me being the unacceptable perfectionist that I am, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I got you. 
I feel obligated to get at least a blacktail west of I-5. Are you going to try to do it with your bow this year, huh? I'll screw around. I'm not really focusing on it this year. Um, I mean, I'm going to screw around a little bit. Next year, um, myself and three other guys. I've talked to you a little bit about it. Yeah. I'm uh, in, man. If it, if it actually uh, develops into something, I'm in. Oh, for sure. Um... Yeah, we started getting it all squared away in 10 days next August. Oh, you wanted an archery hunt? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, you remember those uh, cries we were hearing this morning? Yeah, what was that? I bet you that yote came over here trying to find those cries. Yeah, I don't know. That didn't sound familiar, man, whatever the hell it was. But that makes sense. But, um... Yeah, hopefully on that hunt, we'll get to put something together. At least one of us, you know what I mean? Yeah. Hell yeah. <clears throat> Should be a, uh... Mm-hmm. Should be a good time. I've never messed around in C zone too much. I've hunted a little bit archery hunting. Mm-hmm. I actually, uh, I said I hunted a little bit. I fucking, I forget, maybe three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. I had an archery tag, hunted C zone, and I hunted nine days up there. How was that? Um, some missed opportunities, and then, uh, towards the end of my trip, I actually shot a nice three by four. Really? Well, yes, I connected, made a, uh, uh made a poor shot, and, uh, we didn't actually recover the deer in time. Oh, man, that's so difficult. My cousin ended up finding it a few days later, after I had actually left and gone home. Uh huh. And uh, yeah, totally sucked. But uh, yeah, it was a fun hunt, man. I was into deer the whole time. Like I said I had had shots, connected once, and you know, hate to lose an animal, but it happens. It's part of it. <laughs> yeah. It's difficult too, man. It's a, like, it, it's a it, different it, ball game for me, man. I've uh. I've spent most of my hunting down here in A-Zone. Yeah. I've hunted blacktails in this brushy, nasty, thick shit. Yeah, man, that's why I'm out here with you. Um, You're kind of like a uh, A-Zone whisperer, <laughs> if you want to say it. I don't know about that, man. Yeah, whatever, dude. Don't be fucking modest and humble. Um, <laughs> <coughs> this is what I know, man. It's close enough to home where I can put some time in. Yeah. And I can find some deer. Yeah, you know? seeing that's like, for me up where I hunt in uh, D-Zone, the biggest thing that I have going for me is that I'm, I'm most of the time, this year's an exception, most of the time I'm up there like almost every weekend. Yeah, looking man, you almost for deer. have to. 
You know what I mean? Putting in time on the mountain. You know, it's like, and when you spent, I spent my whole life up there. So <clears throat> when I'm spending, you know, two, three weekends a month out there messing around, learning the wilderness, learning the habits of the animal, when deer season rolls around, it's so much more beneficial. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. And I know this place is uh, not the most hospitable. It's hot, miserable. Yeah. Nasty shit here. But like I said, it's close to home and. I can usually uh, keep an eye on some deer in a certain area. And that, like you said, man, when opener rolls around, I'm not going out blind. I have some deer picked out in certain areas. and um, It's a different thing, though, man. It's a uh, last year, or the last, last two seasons I've hunted B-Zone, and that's really the only experience I have hunting. Still blacktails, but real mountain hunting. You know yeah. What I mean? deer that migrate a little bit and uh i got a lot to learn there Mm -hmm. but here man it's just about uh you're finding the needle in the haystack i mean you can see out in front of us there could be deer anywhere you can't fucking see them you can't see a thing (laughs) dude and you can glass this all day long you're gonna the only way is either like first first light like I should have been at the top of the mountain an hour before we were. <laughs> you know what I mean? It yeah. took us, what, an hour and a half to get up there maybe? Yeah, just about. Hour and 15. Yeah, it's not an easy hike though, man. Like you said, I think we're gaining, you know, 900 plus feet elevation in less than half a mile. Yeah. It's pretty straight up and down and the heat's not up. And 80 degrees at 530 in the morning. <laughs> yeah, it's not helping, man, especially if you're not used to it. Yeah, uh, last year I was out in uh, Cache Creek with a buddy looking for tule elk. And uh, dude was wrecking me all over the mountain. (laughs) You know, and I'm like, I'm so used to, you know, 30 to 45 degree hiking weather. Yeah. You know, or like 65 is the high. You know, I can I can just perform in that all day long. Oh, yeah, the heat will take its toll, man. You Dude, definitely got to acclimate. It's ridiculous. It just goes, like, <laughs> into the depths of my lungs like nobody's... <laughs> well, and it's also kind of like a damp, you know what I mean? Like, it's not super dry. It's not super humid, but... Yeah, this wind is a little odd, too, man. <clears throat> I mean, we got... Yeah. A little bit of wind going here and fucking warm or hot wind. Yeah. It's different. Not easy to deal with. What was like last night when I was passing out, dude, is I was laying in my truck bed on the side of the road. And I hear the wind, and I'm like, man, that wind is just crazy out there. And then it blows through my truck, and I'm like, oh, my God, it's so much hotter outside. Like (laughs) The breeze blowing into my truck is just warm. Yeah, it's a different uh, different animal here, man. I've packed in here, you know, backpack for weekend hunts. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not like hunting in the mountains where you can go filter your water, you know? Yeah. And kind of maintain that way. Like, I'll have to pack cases of water in here weeks prior to the season. Yeah. And stash them out of the sunlight in the shade. 
and you know what I mean. I'll have to live off of that when I'm back here. Yeah, you know, pack it all back out, all the empty shit. But you're like, cool. I got five bottles a day. Oh no, dude. Yeah, I've uh, I've packed in cases of water <laughs> on my back back here. Yeah. And uh, do you prefer cases to gallons or? Yeah, I don't know. Just uh, grab what I could. I guess I didn't too, put too much thought into it. Yeah. It's hard to believe that there's no water, but there's still animals. <laughs> yeah, I believe they get a lot of it out of the uh, out of the browse. Oh, they're getting wa- yeah, they're getting water somewhere. There's some small springs and stuff like that, man. Just trinkler. Yeah, pretty much. The wind is reckless right now. Yep. A little different. Sometimes I think that makes them kind of hunker down too. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny, you know, thinking of like bottles of water and stuff like that. Um, There was a few years there uh, where I'm hunting at. I'll just throw five bottles of water in my backpack I'll tie my sleeping bag off to the side and, uh, you know, what was it? Cliff bars. The oh, peanut butter crunch. I hate cliff bars. Dude, the peanut butter crunch and water for like two days, Ugh. three days on a weekend. Like, just because sometimes I wouldn't want to come off the mountain, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. I get it. You know, it's so much better to be on the top of the mountain at first light when everybody else is running up the mountain to get up to where you're at. Yeah. You know, they're moving deer, so by the time they're getting up to you, it's... Yeah, you're using that pressure to your advantage. Yeah. You know, find a back way to sneak in there and not disturb the wildlife. That's one thing, man, about hunting A-Zone public land is uh, most of it's pretty accessible to people. And, uh... You're almost hunting people just as much as you are hunting deer. You're using the people pressure. Yeah. Um, I actually uh, have a little system that I use, man, or that I like to... uh, A lot of people will sit back and watch deer and don't like to uh, disturb them too much. Mm Mm-hmm. But in these high-pressure areas, man, where I know they're going to get bumped at one point or another, during the early season, July, June... I will actually, uh, I'll bump deer on purpose, mm-hmm. and uh, I'll watch where they go, learn their escape routes mm-hmm. for that specific area. That way I know when uh, when season rolls around, I can place myself accordingly, mm-hmm. and you know what I mean, let other people bump them. And, and then they, you know where they're going. I'll be there, yep. And uh, <clears throat> it worked out well for me. It's funny, my dad did that. He used to go bow hunt in Nevada. Oh, yeah. You know, we're talking early 90s. Good old days. <laughs> yeah, the old, the good old days. <laughs> Late 90s, whatever it was. <clears throat> and, uh, I mean, he was a trad shooter. Mm-hmm. You know, so... He's a real OG. 30 yards. He built his own bow. He's a general contractor, so he just built his own bows. That's badass. It, t- it literally it took me until 2012 before I finally convinced he had a shoulder problem. And the let off on the new bows 
Oh yeah, help him out quite a bit. Help him out quite a bit. So I finally got him onto a compound bow. But uh, so they, you know, he never had success. Some of his buddies that were shooting compound bows would have success. Uh huh. Um, but that's what they would do. They would go watch these spots and then learn the escape routes of the instead of just sitting there waiting for him to bed down. They'd watch to see, okay, where's this deer gonna go? You know, because they know tomorrow if they come back, the deer is still gonna be there. Yeah. You know, they aren't bumping them that hard. Exactly. You know. And it's, uh, I mean, dude, you can almost count on these these coastal bucks, these lowland blacktails. Hmm. Um, I truly believe they spend most of their life in probably a two or three square mile area. Well, because they're not migratory, right? Exactly. So, so they aren't going anywhere. You bump them and they don't go far usually, man. They're uh, they go down, circle back, and come up behind you. A lot of times they do, man. It's a it's a trip. You can sit here in glass and watch people. Uh, walk right past a bedded buck and it'll get up and walk right up behind them i've seen that happen no before. way yeah it's so amazing how i don't want to say unaware of our surroundings we can be when we're on the mountain because we're spending so much time focused on our surroundings but yet we can still walk by bucks oh yeah i'd love to know how, how many buck bucks did i walk see by. <laughs> how many did i walk by you know uh-huh or all this time i spend fucking trying to get back here you know, to the spot, yeah, quote unquote. And how many yeah. did I walk by through the course of getting there? You know, right. <clears throat> or, and how many just sat there and looked at you? Yeah. And we're like, what is this guy doing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <You I, know? laughs> I tell people that all the time too, man. It's they have a, a destination picked out in mind, right? Kind of like me this morning. I mean, we're not hunting. We're just scouting. So yeah. It doesn't really apply, but, um, you know, you have a destination in mind and you're hauling ass, you know, trying to get there before sunup and, or even, even during the middle of the day, you want to get there for the evening in glass. Yeah. And, uh, the spot that you're trying to get to, um, you know, how many animals do you walk by on the way there? Right. Are you hunting or are you hiking? You yeah. know what I mean? I like to hunt my way to where I'm going. Yeah. You know, ex- with the early morning being the exception. Yeah. Um, slow down. You know, everyone, uh, there's a, you know, with all the fitness stuff going on with hunting and everything, everyone wants to be able to hike to the fucking moon and back. Yeah. Um, a lot of guys put their head down and just fucking go for Perfect. it, you know? Getting in there deep and not paying attention. Exactly. You know, yeah, you went seven miles back. But I passed a 205-inch buck and never saw it Yeah, once. he was only fucking quarter mile off the road. You know, obviously you want to get back to where there's less pressure. Yeah. But that that can be different depending on the area. Yeah. You know, some places it might be five miles places it might be a quarter mile well and sometimes i've heard too that uh especially in a couple different places out of state people backpack in and then they push all the deer out down low yeah so instead of you know all the five milers are pushing the deer to a mile so really you only have to go a mile in I'm a true believer in that in-between range. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that blew my mind. I can't remember who it was who was telling me about that, but one of my buddies was telling me about that, and it just blew my mind, dude. 
it is getting hotter, man. Mm-hmm. That's why I came over here from that rock I was sitting on. It's like the first rock on the hill to get sunlight. You fucking fry like an egg up there. So you you listened to that podcast with Charles on it? Yeah, I did. That's kind of been a been a big thing lately. Charles Whitwam. A lot of people, uh, a lot of people chiming in on that or listening to it. Yeah, a lot comments. of people are chiming in on that. With like, you know, a lot of it's from the the pig bill and oh yeah, yeah, all the stuff that's going on with uh, AB twenty eight oh five, and then uh, a lot of people. And we were talking about this. You know, I was asking you if you were if you were interested in talking about it. At all we kind of talked about it a little bit. Yeah, it was. Uh, the language of the hunt, man. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, like what you were saying, putting in so much time and effort and energy, you know, because this is, you know, a zone isn't, it's your backyard. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, it's, it's North, South, East or West from you. You live in the middle of a zone. Yeah. It's, uh, it's probably not the best place to hunt, especially if you're looking for big bucks, you know, but yeah. it, it's what I have available. So. This is where I put my time in. Right. You know, but you're successful. Yeah. You know, you're successful or, you know, the people that you hunt with are successful. There's success being had in your group. Yeah, exactly. uh, We're all putting in time out here, man, trying to. You know, and I think it. You have to be out in the field. You have to. You have to. Whether, like, even today, this morning, even if we don't glass up a buck, you know. Yeah. You're still hiking. You're still seeing new country. Well, And your eyes are staying adapted. That's exactly what I was going to, next with that. Yeah. Is you that know what I mean? You definitely have to uh, keep glassing, man. Even if you're not, not in your hunting area, um, you like, find uh, that you kind of lose it, you right? know, if, you're not, if you don't keep doing it. Oh, for sure. It's it's a, it's like a it's like a pistol. You know what I mean? It's a total perishable or tarnishable skill. No, oh, I totally believe that, man. And it's a uh, maybe some people don't buy that, but uh, you're constantly training your eyes. You know what I mean? You're, mm-hmm. you're picking up animals and picking up movement and distinguishing different colors and just kind of even just learning on different areas to focus on you know what i mean well, that or learning how to pick up velvet and grass yeah because you might not see an animal you know what i mean yeah and I if mean, you if you can spot two velvety tips sticking out that's going to be super beneficial if you have practice at doing that that's going to be really beneficial come archery season oh yeah focusing on areas you know what i mean like, i mean we have miles of sh- country to look at you know and uh we've seen two deer and a coyote it can be uh it can be overwhelming where to even start and the more time you spend out in the field the more animals you see you kind of learn where the animals are you know of course you look on an open grassy hillside take this over here on our right Mm -hmm. there are trails coming through that hillside right i mean you can see them they're coming plain as day down to that that water hole down there yeah but at least for my train of thought is, uh, how often do you see a deer, a buck in particular, out in the open? 
On, in California? Yeah, almost never. never, right? So those trails, they're being used by deer, but uh, most likely at nighttime. Yeah. So uh, my eye's not going to directly go to that during the daylight, you know? Um, I'm looking for where those trails are coming from, typically out of the brush or thick timber or something like that. And uh, kind of narrow it down to something like that, you know? Yeah. You automatically go to those transition points, the low spots, the uh, areas that the deer are coming or going from. Um, I think a lot of people get caught up on seeing, oh, there's trails over there, you know? Mm-hmm. There's sign over there, but you got to think about when those animals are using that. Where'd they come? What? You know, too, and then another thing was the moon last night. Yeah. I mean, where I saw it a little while ago. The moon was still out. You know, it's just big old full moon. Yeah, for sure. So you know the deer were up all night. Yeah. Laughing at us. <laughs> you know they're right down there in the brush. They're just laughing at us. Oh, I know they're in here, man. I've, uh, <laughs> I've seen plenty of bucks in here. It's just they don't want to get up and show themselves right now. Right. Why would they? Why would they? You know, but yeah, like you said, the more time you spend in the field, the more glassing you do it. it help you make quicker work of your hunt, you know? Um, yeah. I think uh, I'll piggyback off of what Charles said, man, and he, I think he said by the end of his hunt, you know, he usually feels like he's, you know, at the top of his game. He's finally he's getting it, you know? Yeah, it's starting to connect. And, uh, I do my best to try to go into a hunt feeling like that. Yeah. Whether that, and be it me just hiking, you know, after work or before work or something, and bringing my binos with me and plopping down on a hill and trying to find some game. Just yeah, training your eyes, man. That way, uh, the minute you step out into the field on your hunt, you're on your A game. Yeah. Well, for me, I mean, that's a lot of the reason. Like when I go chase those tule elk. Yeah. Like, yeah, they're yeah, easy. Yeah, you're doing it there. They're, they're easy to find, you know what I mean? Yeah. I know where they're at, but there's still tricks that I learn every time that I go out there or there's something new. There's a new technique. There's a new um, whatever to start trying or implementing and using and seeing, does this benefit me? Does this not benefit me? You know what I mean? Or same with pig hunting. Yeah. You know, I spend so much, I spend my entire winter pig hunting every year. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, at least, minimum, at least once a weekend. Yeah. And uh, I think being able to carry that coming straight out of the peak of my deer seasons into pigs and then into springtime going out to Point Reyes really helps me. You know oh, what I mean? To. Stay on point, man, and stay focused and really be able to, uh, you know, just continue to, to find deer, I guess. I don't know. Find wildlife. Yeah. It, uh, another thing it does for me anyways, man, that I've noticed, uh, especially this season or this, this scouting season is, uh, I noticed last year back in, uh, hunting Montana, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know how many times this happened to me, man, where I'd glass, I'd throw my binos on my tripod. Yeah. Glass a deer up, a buck, you know what I mean, in, in some thick stuff or some blowdown or something. It's kind of hard to keep tabs on them. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
transitioning from the binos to the spotter. You lose them. I lose them. Yeah. And it's like, you can't believe it. You can't find them. Some of the deer I never found again, you know? And it's not like they were spooked or anything. They didn't go anywhere. But uh, They just being, moved a little bit. Exactly. But being out here, using your stuff, your gear, you know what I mean? It'll yeah. help you during the season, you yeah. know, being able to uh, do that when it's crunch time. Now, how do you like that bino plate you have that you're using? Uh, I actually just switched over to this, man. Did you? I've uh, seen that on Amazon, and I'm always like, God, I got to buy that. It's cheap, too. It's only like 20 bucks, right? Yeah, yeah. I think it's a uh, it's a bog pod one, man. I just threw the uh, the Vanguard adapter plate on it. And, uh-huh. Uh, actually, so I used to have a hard-mounted one that uh, actually screwed into the front of my binos. I, that's what I used to use, and I got rid of it. Um, but, yeah, it kind of clanked around a little bit. And this thing I picked it up because multi-use, right? I can throw... 10s, 15s, yeah. anything on there, I can lower it down, and it's actually a flat surface. I could throw my rifle across it if I had to. Yeah. Um, Solid. Yeah, I've had uh, no complaints about it so far. I've looked at that for about two years now. Uh, yeah. And I just always find other things that I'll spend $20 on instead of that. <laughs> I'm glad. I, yeah, I said I got no complaints, man. It works well for me. That's cool, man. <clears throat> Yeah, I used to use one of those ones that screwed right into the front yeah. of my binos. And it would always come loose. So when I'd throw my binos onto my tripod, yeah, they'd just be wobbling all around and there'd be no stability at all. Yep. Yeah, there's and there's other similar models to the bog pod one, man. There's a way more high-end ones that accomplish the same thing uh-huh but they're a hundred plus dollars you know i don't see the point in spending a hundred dollars on that this thing works just fine yeah you know <clears throat> ideally the same concept but maybe they used a softer rubber yeah maybe it's an ounce heavier or something you know I yeah don't know. but uh, it works just fine God, would be cool would be to see a buck raking, man, ripping off all his velvet. Yeah, that concerns me a little bit too, man. So last year hunting these mm-hmm. uh, these A zone bucks, man. So I shot a hard horn buck on opening day, which was you like did, July. and he was full hard horn too. Yeah, yeah, he had been stripped for a day or two. Because um, he was dry. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I think that was July eighth. Opened early last year. It was a Saturday after the fourth. Yeah, and uh, this year we're a week later. I wonder why. Uh, it's always the second Saturday in July, just the way the calendar rolled this year. Oh, uh, the first on, is on a Sunday. Yeah, exactly. So it's uh, we're opening a week later, and a lot of these bucks are going to be hard horned or going hard horned for yeah. opener, at least down where I hunt, you know. Well, down I low. was out, oh, God, what day was it? I don't know. Earlier this week, I was out on the coast looking at the blacktails out there and uh, I got into like six and one of them was already you know ripped all his velvet off oh no shit yeah oh I seen that picture actually did, you did post- I put did I take a picture of it yeah I thought you did and I, th- I might I thought, have I thought it might have been an old picture no okay no that was literally like that just happened yeah see that's exactly what I'm talking about Maybe same with the- one of the elk too out there came out of hardhorn So that does not do us any favors. 
at all. You know what I mean? You got pressure, 100 plus degree temperatures, and now these bucks are gonna go hard horn. Well, because they're such a different animal when they're hard horn. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna split off out of their bachelor groups. At least the older bucks probably will. Yeah. And, uh, they'll disappear into the brush, and you won't see them again till till they start checking does. This would probably be a fun canyon to look at when they're checking does. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in to the show, folks. If you'd like to check us out online, our website is www.theflipflopguide.co. You can find out all the information you need to have your own flip-flop in your own backyard. We encourage this, and we'd love to see this happening in every backyard across America. You can purchase our sauces that have been cranking out flip-flops from my grandfather since the 1960s. If you had trouble filling your tags this year, we also have available on our website Maui Nui Axis Deer Legs. They're 100% USDA approved and ready for your consumption. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram at the flip-flop guy. We hope you have a great day. Thanks for tuning in and don't forget to smash that subscribe button.